every little thing you do, you want to bring glory to God, including in the workplace. And our guest this hour is going to talk about the workplace and how sin might affect you in the workplace. It might affect your company. Bill English of BibleandBusiness.com is back with us. Good morning, Bill. How are you? Well, good, Bill. How are you doing today? Very well. Uh, I was thinking back to last week uh, when you joined us. You described how uh, how people end up being in bondage to sin. And for our listeners who weren't able to join us then, I'd love for you to have kind of a, a quick review of your thinking on this. I know you're writing this book. Um, what? How are some ways that people actually end up in bondage uh, to sinful behavior? Well, they end up in bondage to sinful behavior by repeating a sin often enough to where it becomes a habit and where they lose a level of control over saying no to the sin or lose a level of control over resisting to it. And what are what are some of the sins uh, that people, I mean, we know obviously there's, there's sins like uh, uh, sexual sin and, and alcohol and drug abuse, but what are some other sins maybe we don't think of in that, that list of sins where people can actually get hooked on them and enslaved to them. You know, uh, there's all kinds of sins of, of commission, you know, whether it's drinking or greed or or pornography or um, just any, you know, lying, exaggerating, any number of things like that. The sins of omission, I think, are more difficult. Uh, people, you know, many Christians do not really pursue God. They don't uh, seek his face very often. And uh, I think there's some sin to be found on that front. And, and, you know, most Christians, I was just I was just writing on this yesterday, ironically, most Christians don't tithe only 12 percent based on the research I saw yesterday. Only 12 percent of Christians give a full tithe. Mm. So you have 88 percent of the Christians who are living under some level of a curse based on Malachi three because they are not bringing their full tithe into the storehouse. And so that's certainly a type of bondage. Uh, when you believe that God gets the leftovers of your money rather than the first fruits of your money, that's a bondage. And and I think uh, the vast majority of evangelicals live with that bondage. You know, it's interesting you mentioned the, the sins uh, of omission. I think many of us don't stop to consider. For example, are we serving uh, God? Are we uh, actively sharing our faith with others? Um, there are there are many areas where I think we, we may fall down on the job and we, we kind of end up just in this pattern. Now, you point out that in your, your article that um, a company, even a very big company, mm-hmm. can suffer if its leader or its owner is involved in some type of, of ongoing sin. But it's not immediately apparent to those on the outside or, or even those on the inside uh, of the company. Can you describe what often happens? So I write for the small business market and the privately held market. I don't write for the uh, publicly held uh, leadership market per se. So uh, I take kind of a small business, you know, 100 employees or less, 100 million or less uh, viewpoint on on a number of these things. So <clears throat> when a when a privately held business who is is owned by you know one or just a small group of people, when those owners are engaged in sin. They bring themselves under certain curses uh, in, that are both described in the Old Testament and the New Testament, and those curses have a detrimental, incremental, uh, negative effect on their business. And 
curses are something that most evangelicals kind of shy away from. Uh, you know, it's kind of like well, Jesus. I don't like those curses that you just <clears throat> didn't bother us. Yeah. Well, you know, are, are, are you playing with voodoo dolls, Bill? You know, what's going on here? Uh, <laughs> but they're actually a very real thing. You know, curses were introduced in Genesis 3. And it isn't until Revelation 22 where it says there will no longer be any curses. Mm. And so there are both curses and blessings. Uh, and they are a direct result of our behavior in before God, whether we are living righteously or whether we are living in sin. When we live in sin, we bring curses on ourselves. And what what is a curse, by the way? A curse is simply the incremental background um, detrimental effect on your work so that you work harder and harder to achieve less and less. And the harder you work, the less you achieve until you finally reach a point of destruction. That's mm-hmm. what, that's the effect of a curse. They, 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 the curses don't sit, you know, on the, on the main stage and say, Hey, I'm here. I'm a curse and you need to deal with me. You know, they don't do that. Curses are always background and they always are initially the result of a sin, but then they also become a problem in and of themselves that need to be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And most evangelicals uh, uh, just poo-poo this whole idea of curses. They love blessings. Oh, God bless me, please. Jesus bless me. But they, they really don't uh, go after curses. I don't think you can have blessings without uh, the other side. Interesting. Sam brings that into our businesses. Yeah, and it's interesting how you mentioned that uh, even uh, in the New Testament, in the New Covenant uh, under Jesus Christ, the curses are still there and they're not fully wiped away until... Till uh, the end times, till Revelation um, and and a new a new heaven and a new earth. Um, now, in your new book that you're working on, Bill, you you spent some time focusing on Ephesians four twenty eight. I did, and uh, share that verse with us, and then and tell us how you apply it to both uh, personal and professional situations. Okay, so Ephesians four twenty eight, and this is mostly the King James rendering here. It says, "Let him who stole." Steal no more, but rather let him work with his hands so that he may have something to give to those who are in need. Now, that's kind of the Bill English translation. Um, In that, you have four stages. You you start with let him who stole. Uh, That's a person who is in bondage to sin. Let him who stole steal no more. So the first step in stopping the bondage to sin is to stop sinning. But Gosh, it's so darn easy to say, well, you know, we're we're just going to stop saying I'm just not going to look at pornography anymore. I'm just not going to be greedy anymore. I'm not going to be gluttonous anymore. Well, it doesn't really work that way. So let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him work with his hands. You replace the, the sin with a righteous act. I'm not saying it's easy. And I know I'm talking to, to thousands of people who are in bondage right now. Uh, and I, I, I can attest to you that it is not easy to get out of the bondage of sin. But the first step is not to stop the sin. The first step is to replace the sin with a righteous act. Which, by the way, as a psychologist, you know this too, Bill. The, the, that is one of the best ways to help a person who is stuck in some type of, let's say, obsessive or compulsive behavior uh, is to replace it with a positive or neutral Behavior, And in this case, I, I think we would say replace it with some type of godly behavior yes. that uh, ends up, uh, you know, praising, worshiping God through our actions. Correct? Correct. Absolutely. Now, how do you, how do you replace it? Well, you might need therapy. You might need group therapy. You're going to need a support system. There's any number of tools that you'll use there. But the principle 
is that you're going to replace the the sin that keeps you in bondage to a sin that pulls you out of bondage and puts you on the road to blessings by replacing it with a righteous act. And then the last part out of Ephesians 4.28 is we then go ahead and we submit that righteous act to the point where we have become exactly the opposite person. We are giving to those who are in need. Rather than stealing from those who have need, we are giving to those who are in need. And, and we'll pick up with this after the break. All right. Bill English from BibleAndBusiness.com. You can read more of Bill's thinking on this and some other great articles on a variety of topics that uh, will directly impact you, whether or not you own a business. You probably end up working for a business. Uh, many of our listeners do. And just some real, uh, in my opinion, some some great theological insights from Bill English at BibleAndBusiness.com. We'll take a quick break and be right back on the Faith Radio Network. What a great promise. You are indeed forgiven if you have confessed your sin and you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. There still can be consequences, though, for sin. And if we are stuck in some kind of sin, if we're in bondage to sin, uh, bad things can happen to us, even if we are uh, believers in Jesus Christ. And Bill English of BibleandBusiness.com has been exploring that uh, through some articles that he's written, a new book that he's working on bill focuses on ephesians 4 ephesians 428 a paraphrase of that says anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer but must work doing something useful with their own hands and they may have something to share with those in need so bill that that final step we were starting to kind of unpack before the break so you've you've replaced the the sin that you're involved in with something positive something godly something that, that honors God and, and perhaps serves those around you. And then that, that final step, uh, sharing with those in need, let's, let's talk about that. Well, that's where you become the opposite person of who you were when you were in bondage to sin. And so I, I use two words here to talk about that. One word is victory, and the other word is freedom. So as you, as you re- become released from the bondage of sin and you stop sinning and you start to work with your own hands, I call that victory. You have victory over sin, but that's not the same thing as being free from sin. Uh, and, and mind you, for those uh, with theological training, I'm not an Arminian here. I don't believe in entire sanctification. But at the same time, there is a – I believe that Christians can reach a place where – the vast majority of sins simply just don't tempt them all that much. So, for example, I live, I live in Maple Grove, Minnesota, and I drive uh, here to Roseville, Minnesota, to to do this broadcast with you, Bill. And that's a twenty twenty five mile drive. I bet I pass uh, along that that road. I bet I pass ten different types of restaurants with bars. I want you to know that I have zero desire to go into those bars and get drunk. I, 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 it just isn't going to happen. And that's because I am free from the bondage of getting drunk and alcoholism. I am free from that sin. If I was victorious over it, I would still not, not be getting drunk, but I would be tempted. So, uh, let me, let me use, let me use another example. Uh, let's, let's take a, a guy who is addicted to pornography. 
when he gets free from the bondage of pornography, he's still going to be tempted to go into those websites and watch those videos or look at those pictures and, and do other things associated with that type of bondage. The guy who's free really doesn't feel the temptation that much. And so that's where I think Ephesians 4.28 takes us. It takes us from being in bondage to being free so that when we were in bondage, we were stealing. When we're free, we're actually giving. We're doing the exact opposite of that which which, uh, characterized us when we were in bondage. Um, For the Christian business owner, this is really important because if you're in bondage to uh, money or if you're in bondage to profits or if you're in bondage to uh, power, how about that? Power, one? yeah. Uh, you need to get out of that bondage and into freedom, and that will actually free up your business to live under God's blessings rather than God's curses coming on your business and causing your business to incrementally over time uh, just become less and less profitable and eventually go out of business. And, of course, uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, the other aspect of that is that your business then can serve the community. It can give back. It can make a yes. difference. Yes. And so you're not self-focused and inward-focused, but your business is actually – and we've seen this. And a good example of this, I'll just hold one up as a virtuous business that I, I really appreciate, and that's Chick-fil-A yeah. uh, and its founder and, and its values – uh, and the things that Chick-fil-A is doing, and people may not realize this, what they're doing with uh, low-income inner-city kids uh, around this country, uh, because we don't hear often about that, but that their profits are going back to their Chick-fil-A foundation to make a positive difference. You cannot fulfill, as a business owner now, you cannot fulfill the four purposes that God has for business uh, if you're living in bondage to sin. Yeah, you it, it simply isn't going to happen. And so that's why in the Christian business reference architecture, which is what my book is about, it's about the first level in there, uh, that's why I spend so much time in this first book on who are you as a person and what is your walk with God like. Uh, in many ways, it's more a book about discipleship and theology, but that's what undergirds our work in the marketplace as Christian business owners. And so... Um, I would encourage people to go to BibleandBusiness.com and begin to read about it and uh, want to say hello to all of our new friends in Hartford and all the new Christian business owners out there. We look forward to serving you that way. Oh, Bill, thanks so much. And again, we do want to say hi to those folks listening on Faith 1290 in Hartford, Connecticut. If you have just found the Faith Radio Network in your city, uh, welcome. So great to have you with us. You can learn more about our ministry at MyFaithRadio.com. Bill English, thanks so much for your time. May the Lord bless you in your work today. And God bless you too, Bill. Have a good day. Great. It's 25 minutes past the hour. This is the Faith Radio Network.